What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings. Hump Day! (laughs) Vidcast Network, Hump Day. Uh, My name is Joe Miller, and uh, it's so good to have all of you with us. And uh, I'm one of the hosts of this show, sitting alongside my co-host, Jay Spence the King. What is going on, Joe? uh well as it says there at the bottom somewhere off-season voice so i'm 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 the off-season voice uh but uh, i liked what you put in the show notes which was that uh, you talked me into coming out of vacation mode um but uh yeah just trying to refuel recoup recharge all that kind of stuff but i'll be honest with you everything that's going on dude i've been locked in i've been locked locked into the nfl network pretty much i work from home like you do um and yeah just locked into the nfl network for the last several days and it's it, you can feel the juices coming back you know what i mean like the excitement mm-hmm. the energy uh it's it's becoming easier to put off what happened at the end of the bill season because i don't think everybody that i've talked to have you talked to anybody just on the side not on a program just about how they feel even still two months later month and a half later about how that bill season ended no to be honest i haven't because um i've still kind of been in let's do the pod mode Mm. You know, like I've still been trying to manage because now I, I have a different role. Right. So like right. now right. I'm like managing behind the scenes stuff. I'm trying to make sure we have content even during the off season. And uh, so I really I still haven't even sat down with it and just said, OK, how do I feel about the way it ended? Gotcha. I've had several people come up to me different places, whether it's the gym or church or I don't even know, just different places and just been like, man, ever since Josh Allen got here, I've been really excited about every next season except this year then i was like it's just the way that it ended like it did not end the way that any of us like there was just nothing to build upon but i i digress i don't want to get into that we're supposed to talk about free agency and free agency frenzy um well, wait we could do it though because it's been a while like i feel like the last time people heard us was um really after the season ended and it was like the regular like it was the emotion in that moment yeah 
That's true. And then we went away. So I, I feel like uh, Vacation Joe can <laughs> can give his voice to people and let people hear. People have been waiting to hear the voice, man. I've been reading comments on like when I've been going through the YouTube stuff. Yeah. I've been seeing like people like, hey, you're going to bring Joe back? When's Joe coming back? So so let everybody know how you feel, man. Well, just so everybody knows, we're in a contract dispute uh, now that Jay Spence is in. No, I'm kidding. There's, there's no contract. There's no contract. <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm yeah it's just the doors open. we did not agree on a restructured contract and <laughs> i want all my money up front i want all my money up front dang it <laughs> um so but no it's uh dude i've had a hard time shaking it i've had so it's nice that you've been distracted just by having work and things to to focus on and things to like to work through as far as that go and and kind of keep the balls juggling the plate spinning in the air if you will it's been hard for me to shake it there's been a great deal of just i don't know how i feel about the way that the season ended i don't know how i feel about what we're going to look at this like i've got stuff to talk about for in this show like depending on where we go like i have things to say right um Mm -hmm. i don't want to like vomit them all out right now but it's this has been a tough this has been a tough it's been tough to swallow and i think bill's mafia is kind of right there with me which goes right along with what i tell everybody i'm every fan like i'm not an an analyst i'm not like a broadcaster i'm not a reporter i'm just like you and everybody else like i have feelings and i hurt when it hurts and i hate when i want to hate it and i love it when i want to love it and we're just not living in wildest dreams land right now right i tell you what man like so last night i did the code of conduct and it was um the day after tremaine edmonds was traded or not Mm. traded the day after he signed to chicago and um and then even prior to that, uh, the the loss that we had against the Bengals in the playoffs, I think it's the first time that I I try to be the positive voice mm-hmm. when we come on the pods and whether it's hump day, whether regardless of what it, whatever show it is, I try to be a positive voice. And I think this is the first offseason that I don't feel as positive about the direction of the team. And it's the first offseason that – I question the direction that the team is going yeah, in. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love Brandon Bean and I know he hit on Josh Allen. So it's like, yep, we got our quarterback and we, and when you have your quarterback, everything else is easy. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the first year that I'm just like, okay, we got Josh and we got Diggs, but then what? The you most- know? And so, so I think that's where, like for you to ask that question, it kind of like, I just had to think about it as you were speaking. Yeah. And it's like, I'm at that place where it's just like, okay, we developed these guys. We drafted these guys. We put so much of the resources in these guys. Um, and now we're at the point where we're losing guys. We're at the point where we can't retain guys or I get it. Some guys you don't want to retain. So right. let's just say hypothetically, you don't want to retain Tremaine Edmonds. There's a big portion of the fan base that feels that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to replace this production? Right. What is that? So there, there's a lot of questions that I have that, um for the first time in a while i'm not i'm not the most positive guy to listen to and last night i don't know if you listen got a chance to check out the code account but it wasn't it wasn't the most positive show <laughs> you know yeah, I'm in a better mood yeah. i'm in a much better mood today yeah when i when i saw it come across the screen that poyer was coming back i was you and i talk right and there's things that you and i talk about that don't end up on the air so i had zero hope just from having conversations with you of poyer coming back at all even like to the point of like if the Bills even offer him a contract, is he even going to consider it? And I wasn't even sure if he would. Um, just, just 
everything that you've heard, the things that he's said, right? The 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 podcast he's done and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I went and visited the stadium one last time just to walk around and kind of like do the whole farewell. If if I knew this was going to be my last time here, would I have responded or acted differently? And he got to kind of close that door, right? I don't know if anybody else has ever had that moment where it's like, if I had known that was going to be my last time there, I would have mm-hmm. treated my last time differently. Well, he got to kind of, he got that closure. And now he's coming back, which is cool. But you brought up something on the last show just about, and you and I talked about it a couple months ago about Brandon being hitting on all these draft picks. There's something else that has to be considered and talked about as, as we turn to 2023 as well, which is the Buffalo Bills are going to have to do things on game day and prep week different than what we watched them do in 2022 and maybe even the week, the season before. There was a great deal of like, and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm drawing it down and John Fina would be mad at me to a very elementary level. But there was a great deal of, you guys are good. Just go out there and play football. Like, we're going to run our nickel 4-2 no matter who we play against. We're just going to run some offensive plays. Josh Allen's a monster. We're going to do what we got to do. And they're going to have to revert back into, because of the holes on this team, because of the problems that they have, they're going to have to revert back into or find some way to start really game planning to stop things that people do well. Right? Mm -hmm. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that this team is fundamentally foundationally going to have to be different this year because they're not just the best team between the white lines. Yeah. And I mean, I think to a, to a certain degree, I think um, Sean McDermott lucked out by re-signing Jordan Poyer. Yeah, I agree. Um, because, because now you do have Poyer and Hyde again together. You still have Trey White, who I think is going to be a lot better than last year. Mm. When, you know, typically with ACL injuries, the second year around is when things are... Mm-hmm. you know, when, when things really get back to form. So I think we're going to see a completely different Trey White. Hopefully, I know, um, you know, I think I, I think I read, I, I haven't been up on, on Dane Jackson news, but I think I read that they, um, tendered, they him. tendered him. And mm-hmm. so I feel like we're going to end up retaining him. Even if we don't, um, I, I love Kyrie Elam, and I hope he takes a more prominent role. So I'm okay with our secondary. I'm okay with what they did with the extension with, with Matt Milano. So I, I feel like you still have a lot of pieces mm. that, um, and when Vaughn comes back, I think you have Vaughn and you could be confident with the defensive line that you have. But uh, so on defense, I think you still have a little bit of that, you know, you're good. Just go out and play. And um, that mm. other linebacker position, let's just kind of figure it out as we go along. I think, I think we're okay with that, but I think the problem that I'm seeing so far, and again, we haven't seen the draft yet. Um, we haven't lived through the fullness of free agency. So we don't know if we're going to draft um, another secondary, like a, a, a second wide receiver or a third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know if we're going to trade for somebody, but as it stands right now, I think that's the part I need to see the growth from our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I need to see him add some layers to the offense. It can't just be, well, we got Josh Allen. So go out there and run for 70 yards and throw for 340 uh, it's okay if you throw an interception or two because you're going to throw four touchdowns. We can't have that this year. No. Like it has to be one of those things where I want to see. I said it a couple shows back. Um, I don't know if it was with you or not, but I said if Josh Allen literally takes what was given to him on every single play, he would be MVP every year. Yeah. Like literally, if okay, nothing's open, I'm going to run for five yards or 10 yards and get out of bounds. Oh, Short pass is open. Going to dump it off here to Hines. I'm going to dump it off here to Cook. Up, oh, Diggs is open. Got him. Pop. J- literally, just take what's open. Don't force things. Yep. He will be the MVP every single year. And I think it's an offense that will be tough to beat. But in doing that, I need an offensive coordinator 
that can take the time and really teach Josh Allen, this is the Josh Allen I need you to be. So I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a roller coaster year. This is the first year going into it where I feel like I'm going to look at my team take a step back. I'm optimistic. I still think mm-hmm. that we're gonna. I see um, the Mafia cast in here say, are, "Are they the only optimistic Bills fans left?" I feel like I'm optimistic. I still think we win the division. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we've won a division what three years in a row. It is three years in a row. I don't think it's about being optimistic. I love my football team and I trust Josh Allen implicitly. I just more or less, I, there's there's something about the way this season went. And I know that the, the cards were wildly stacked against them. You know, all the stuff that happened this year, but the way that they looked in the early in the, early on in the season, and then when halftime of that Green Bay game happened, and the way that they looked from that point on through the rest of the season was just very inept and very lack of focus e and i think there's just an a realization for me for you for a lot of content creators for a lot of fans probably that feel like if the bills enter 2023 with that same bravado moxie hubris of we're just gonna go out there and play football and win football games uh the jets have the ability to beat you the dolphins have the ability to beat you you still have to beat the chiefs you still have to beat the Bengals. you still have to beat these teams right so i'm optimistic but you said it. I need to see growth from Ken Dorsey. I need to see what this defense is going to look like with Sean McDermott calling plays with no middle linebacker. I mean, Bernard, is that really what we're talking about? Because when that dude was in the game this past season, he looked lost. And I'm not saying it can't get better. It can. But he's undersized. It's just, I'm optimistic. I'm just cautiously optimistic. Is that the right word to say it? Whereas last year going to last year it was like everybody maybe and maybe this is the maybe this is literally the uh the 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 hangover of having a season where you are the one that's supposed to win the super bowl right and this year as much as we're favored to win the east and we're favored to be kind of in the mix as far as that goes there's nobody standing there pounding the table saying the bills are a problem on good morning football like they were last year at this time last year or which the start, they were like, which might be a good thing bill, it might be you, might you know, right. it might be a good thing because and I, I don't know. I'm not in the minds of the players. And I, don't, I think I think Joe, uh, Joe, I think, I think Josh, I think all of those guys are hungry. And I think yeah. that they go into the game knowing we have to perform. But um, maybe it's good if they're the underdog. Maybe it's good that they have a little bit more um, motivation to go out there and prove people wrong as opposed to, to prove people right. Yeah. You know, right. I think I think it's, it's a different because I personally, I approach things differently when I have to prove somebody right versus somebody wrong. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I, I think, and, and you know this personally about me, like the, the, the two of us have um, seen each other grow in this, in this space mm-hmm. and what we do. And a lot of the steps that I've taken have been because I wanted to prove people wrong, which is yeah. probably the wrong reason to do things. But um, I've true. absolutely... And that's what I've used it for. And it's like, well, no, you know what? You'd think I can't do this or you think I can't achieve certain things. Then watch me do it. And then it made me do it. Now, if, if everybody comes out and they're like, oh, man, I think I think you could, you know, you're the best puck. It, I'll probably let my guard down a little bit. And I'm not saying that's what the Bills did. <laughs> right. But you get comfortable when you get used to hearing about how good you're supposed to be. Agreed. I just um, I think I think it might be a good thing for people to to kind of uh, the bills aren't where they where they were. or The bills aren't coming into this season as the team. So mm-hmm. I think it might be a good thing. I agree. And it, and it all it, it all speaks to just Stefan Diggs and what he went through and what he's been going through. And the, I'm not talking about his baiting, 
you know, necessarily the, 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 the fans and goading the fans and sending cryptic texts. I'm just talking about just him getting away, not being happy, being disconnected. Can't, you know, trying to, what he said in his, the one podcast he was on where he's like, I'm just trying to figure out what happened. Like, and I spent a lot of time and I watched the game five times afterwards, just trying to figure out what happened. Why did we not look like us? Like, what is the, what was the problem? And I think there's just a, I think there's a connection for Bill's fans to that. And I think, I think we've probably seen it. I don't know that we have seen the social media, um, what's the word, display this offseason that we saw last offseason or even the offseason before that from players. Like, oh, living it, it's offseason, living it up. Like, there's very, it's very quiet out there, right? Can we, can we, can we have a, a limited um, offseason social media presence from Stefan Diggs? Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> I love Stefan. I love Stefan Diggs. Right, I get right. that he's I get that he's cryptic. I get that he has fun with it. Oh my God. Can we please like can we please? I literally had a national media member contact me to ask me, is Stefan Diggs trying to force himself out of but literally? Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Are you like please, Steph? Dog, I love you. If you happen to listen to this, if somebody on the team is listening to this and y'all like, you know what? Let me send this clip to Steph. Steph, please, dog. For me, for me. Well, the the answer's out there. I mean, he not that it, when, when it comes to you know restructuring con- contracts and moving salaries into bonuses, they have much choice in that. Um, the fact that he didn't put up a fight, the fact that like it it happened, is kind of proof that everything's honky dory over there at One Bills Drive as far as with Steph Diggs and just the Buffalo Bills. I just question whether or not how much how much are him and Josh talking because they're supposed to be best friends, right? So you know, are they? The last view we have of them is him yelling on the sideline at Josh, Josh ignoring him, and Joe Brady looking up like, and then looking yeah. back down. Real fast. It was that. It was that. Diggs right. looking at him like this, and Josh had it to oh, he was It wasn't just the arms. His head was bobbing. He was chirping. Yeah. So you got to wonder, and I'm sure they are, but I, I just wonder. You know, I just curiosity. How much are they? You know, what's up, bro? How you feeling today? What you doing? But see, I feel like it's it's one of those things. Like for instance, um, you and I still talk during the off season. We oh, talk yeah. often, and I feel like because we don't interact on social media. Maybe people think, oh, what's going on with you? We had a moment there where um, our schedules just didn't line up. Yeah, yeah. And people were asking you and people were asking me, separate, is everything okay with you and Joe? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just busy last Wednesday yeah. and Joe's busy next Wednesday. I have a new job where I'm traveling a lot. Yeah. And so it's just a, it's just different. Life happens outside of what we do publicly. Mm. So, I, you know, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm, I'm confident that those guys are still, you know what I mean? Like Steph is he's a winner he knows who josh allen is as a quarterback you don't leave a situation like vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. Yeah, I do have a question from um, Buffalo Freddie. I wanted to, to ask you sure. um, the Oliver trade topic right now is a hot. It's a hot topic. Mm hmm. Considering our def- our current defensive tackle depth, would you trade Oliver for his worth a high third round pick? And that hurts me so bad to read um, that that Ed Oliver is worth a third round pick, or let him play out this year and assume that he leaves. Uh, if I can, if I have somebody chomping at that champing at that bit, uh, I'm one hundred percent moving on from Ed Oliver. Um, where is it? I have information as it pertains to do 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 right here. So just kind of in reference to that, as per spot track, and I don't think everybody's on spot track as far as they're not keeping track of everybody like Cam Lewis. They don't have a record, a recording of the Bills, you know, re-signing Cam Lewis. But Jordan Phillips is available or is a free agent, right? Uh, Shaq Lawson is a free agent on this football team. So when you look at those guys, I think Jordan Phillips coming back is important to that conversation. And then it it turns into – Tim Settle just re, just re, or, uh, restructured, right? So, and his was a true restructure. He actually did something different to his contract to help the Bills out. Um, I'm moving on from Ed Oliver as soon as I possibly can, especially at $11 million or $10.5, $10.7 million, whatever it is this, this, this season. When you're strapped the way that you are, and who knows what you can get. I mean, the freaking Giants just got Darren Waller for a third, right? So, I mean, who knows what you can get for Ed Oliver, what you can get in return for for Ed Oliver, I just don't know. And this isn't this isn't a, a what's the word I'm looking for? This isn't a slight. I'm not trying to disparage Ed. I just don't know that he's worth 10.7 million dollars this year. And then whatever's going to happen. And didn't he tweet out or Instagram show me the money? Like let's not talk. And I don't know if that was in reference to. Do you That's know what that was? That's the thing. It's like like it. It seems like it's in a reference to obviously because everybody's talking about the buffalo bills when it comes to oliver but maybe he's not even talking about that maybe yeah, he, he could be yeah you know he gets a endorsement deal that somebody is like yeah we want you to do whatever for whatever and he's like nope this ain't the money show me the money or yeah. it could be the bills i don't know um that's I, the thing with social media man i hate yeah. i love and hate the day that we live in yeah because you have the direct access to players now players respond to you you mm. feel you know like oh like i remember before i started doing pods when some like when um, I remember one time uh, Thurman Thomas retweeted me and 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 commented on something that I posted. And I was like, yo, right. yo, I'm running around the house. I'm like, I called my grandfather, yo, Thurman Thomas. Right. But then when you're when you're talking about like right. these type of things, when like players on Instagram posts, show me the money or, you know, whatever it is, then it's like it it, it just creates more of a, a narrative and I just I, I dislike certain aspects of social media because of that, man. And I, I just hope that, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> to finish the answer to the question, I'm probably not the best person to ask on what I feel about Ed Oliver going and the quote unquote hole that it creates, because to me, bring back Jordan Phillips. And I know that him and Daquan play similar positions. But if you've got Daquan Jordan and Tim Settle, find me a. Uh, a Justin Zimmer, right? Somebody like that that's got a high motor that won't quit and stop rotating those guys at 40 to 50% of the snaps. Let them play 75, 80% and let that kid walk. Not walk, but trade him. Get something for him. The funny thing is, too, and maybe you have an answer. People have been asking me, and I don't have an answer. Why didn't the Bills do a non-exclusive tag on Tremaine Edmonds so that, like, there'd be Joe, some compensation coming Joe, back? No, Joe, I was doing good, man. <laughs> I was doing good. All right, we'll, we'll, Come we'll, on, man. Don't, we'll don't do that. Don't so do the only that. Thing I Four can... years, 72 million. 
uh, it wasn't that. It wasn't enough. It wasn't so much that you wouldn't. I thought it was. Yeah, it was four. It was four years, seventy-two million. Right, that's right. And you don't get anything back for the dude you drafted in the first round. The same. I was doing. Come on, go ahead. Next. The the only thing I can think is that that contract was shaped in some manner that the Bills couldn't right couldn't match it. So whether it's upfront heavy or something like that, but I just the only thing I can think is that the Bills felt like, well, what if somebody doesn't jump on and like make him an offer? Don't hurt Spence, Joey. That's funny. Um, what you know? Then the Bills are, are strapped with whatever this non-exclusive tag is, which is an even bigger problem for the Buffalo Bills, which is potentially what's going on. I think it was the guaranteed. I think he got like fifty guaranteed. It was fifty guaranteed. So I think yeah. So I mean, I just think the and it was front loaded for sure. But I just think the way it went. Um, I just I just don't understand like why you wouldn't even like even this this saga that's going on right now with Lamar Jackson. Like you know they tag him non-exclusive tag if he if he leaves you get two first rounds why don't you do something like that with Mm -hmm. with Tremaine Edmonds yeah like I I just I don't I don't get it now maybe the Buffalo Bills value Tremaine Edmonds completely different than I do maybe maybe they're like you know what he's a good player he developed well but we want something different we want to go in a different direction now maybe but I'm gonna just tell you I don't like it there's stuff out there um with with Leslie Frazier leaving that I've seen stuff on Twitter because I'm not on Twitter as much as I normally am during the season. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of hit or miss here and there. Um, people asking what Sean McDermott was like as a defensive coordinator, both in Philadelphia and in Carolina. And they said very aggressive. The things that I've read is that Sean McDermott has been very aggressive as a defensive coordinator. Now I know we call this the Sean McDermott defense. We also call it the Leslie Frazier defense. And I asked you this question. Um, when we were on the phone the other day, I was like, is there a chance that McDermott just made the decision now that he's kind of in charge of the defense? That's not the middle linebacker I want. Right. And is there a chance that we're going to go get in the first round, the middle, middle linebacker that Sean McDermott wants to make this defense? Cause as we know, it's a very much lineup and play, just go line up and play. We've already talked about it. Like you're, you're the better team. We've got the better pieces go line up and play and let's play some football and let's beat this football team. Um, which is wildly what the Bills do. But is there a chance that the Bills are going to start not doing that? Like, look, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to do – we're going to get after it. We're going to go after them. It, I mean, I don't have an answer. I don't know what you – if you've thought about that since I asked you that question, if this is a situation where maybe Sean felt like he wanted to be different. I'm not going to say better, not upgrade. I don't think those are the right words. Different at that position. I mean, I, I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to lose my mind if we draft a linebacker in round one. With what we need on offense, I'm going to lose my mind if we draft a linebacker in round one. I think we have and to... I get it. The Bills could care less if I lose my mind. I right, get it. right. But I think we have to wait. So I think, it, it, are, is there, this is a good conversation, is there a scenario where the Bills could take linebacker in round one and you would be okay? Which basically means the answer is, right, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. Filling the holes that we have concerns about, wide receiver two, right? Um, things like that. There's so much that has to happen that I don't think will happen. I don't know what, I don't know a clear picture of our cap space as of this point. Um, I don't know the full details on Jordan's contract. I don't know how much cap space we have. Can we afford to make a trade for somebody? Like, like I, I know all the rumors, mm-hmm. you know, like the bills might trade for Hopkins. The bills might yeah. trade for Mike Evans. The bills might trade. I've seen all the rumors. Yeah. Now, if we get a, a Hopkins in here, I'm going to shut up. OK, I'm I'm going to shut up and I'm a backup and I'm going to just let Brandon Bean do his thing. Yeah. But love, go ahead. I'm with Brian. 
No more talk about this defense. Build around Josh Allen. Chiefs have two Super Bowl wins with no defense. Come on. I can't say they have no defense, but I feel what you're saying. Where I'm Chris going. Jones is, is not a no defense type of guy. Chris Jones is a havoc wreaker. And what he is did, a havoc wreaker. What did the not have once Vaughn Miller got injured? They did not have a havoc wreaker. We did God, not. We, if you got, you can have a, you can have, I was going to say, I was going to say shit. You can have a shit defense if you've got a habit creeper on it. <laughs> right? It, absolutely. And, and, but, but that's the thing. I feel like, and no excuses. We lost and we got mm-hmm. our asses kicked at home in the divisional round against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But if Von Miller was healthy, I think everything changes. I think everything changes because you have a, a havoc wreaker of Von Miller. There was, we some, were, there was something else going on in that game. True. But I, again, I feel like Von Miller's injury was part of the year that the team had, right. you know, and, and I feel like every, every person on the team that I've talked to basically said the same thing. Like, yo, it was just a year, man. Yeah, It was just a year. One of the things that I can quote from Jordan that, you know, it, we, we talk and there's certain things I don't ever mention. Yeah. One of the things that he said to me that I know I can quote and he won't mind is that we were talking. He's like, man, I feel like the year that was ours was the 13 second year. He said he feels like that was his Super Bowl chance. I agree. And he said this year, he said it was just too much going on. And he was like, yeah, we were good. We were a good team. We were a good defense, a good during the regular season, but it wasn't our year. He said it felt like their year the year before. And so now, do I, as a fan, I don't want to hear that. It's like, no, nah, man, y'all supposed to win. Y'all went 13-3, and three, possibly 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Y'all should have won. But, I mean, think about it. From last year, um, you can start in May for, for, for Buffalo, the shooting. Then after the shooting, Kim Pagula got sick. Then after Kim Pagula got sick, then you can talk about like literally every, it seems like almost every other month, there was something that happened to the, the, the community of Buffalo or the bills as an organization. You can talk about the snowstorm where they lost a home game and had to go to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Then they come back and then a short week, go back to Detroit. They win both games, but that takes a lot. That's fatigue. And then you talk about, Missing, you know, watching family, missing Christmas day at home, missing Christmas, the the morale about that, Mm -hmm. like the morale about not spending time with your family during the holiday. And before anybody talk about before, well, teams don't there's teams that play on Christmas day. They don't get to spend the time with their family. I promise you, when they saw the schedule, they're like, oh, I'll be home on Christmas. (laughs) Right. And the family planned for them to be home on Christmas. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. They weren't. Go ahead. Well, no. And so then then I mean, bring it to the end of the season. You watch your teammate die on the field. I think the most amazing part about that, and it's not about directly that, is if the radio broadcast guy for the Kansas City Chiefs had a stroke, it'd be national news. But because of everything else that was going on, when John Murphy had a stroke, nobody knew about it. Chris Brown was just a play-by-play guy. It happened around the same time as DeMar Hamlin. That's what I'm saying. And DeMar Hamlin, right. No, I mean, you're right. So, I mean, like, DeMar Hamlin was the news. Right. And and then you watched that Josh Allen was on the field and, and watched that in tears. He saw him in tears. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not using it as an excuse. We lost. We got our asses kicked. I was very. I was. I've been harsh on him because mm-hmm. I. I'm. I'm one of. The, I feel like I'm one of the few because I don't. I don't see other people really putting it on the offense the way that I have. But you score ten points at home and that's an L. You don't do that. Yeah, for sure. In the playoffs, you don't do that. But we. You watch Demar Hamlin flatline on the field in front of you. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, John Fina, uh, the uh, inevitable John Fina. Uh, there is no inside uh, linebacker that is first round material in then his we, opinion. Then we better not draft one. So that that brings up a good question. You were at the combine, and not the combine. You were at uh, the the Senior Bowl, right? Yep. Um, yep. I don't know what you saw. I don't know what your feelings are. I am disconnected completely from draft talk and stuff like that. I have to. I'll have to do some catch up work before the draft happens. Um, what about the Bills moving back? What about the Bills moving out of twenty seven and moving back into the second round? Uh, a couple different, maybe getting a, an extra second round pick. Is there a second round talent there that we could pot- potentially pick up? So early second, mid second. I mean, I think so. There, there's, there's absolutely talent in that. The, really, the the third, the second, third, and fourth round, I feel like it's heavy with talent, like it's rich with talent. But I'm telling you, I still, I'm at the point where I feel like we need an offensive lineman or we need a wide receiver in round one. He just corrected uh, John Fina. He was talking you know, about inside offensive lineman, not a linebacker. <laughs> okay, well, but I feel like we need an offensive lineman or wide receiver. Get if yeah. if if Trey Flowers is there at 27. Damn it, if, if Brandon Bean don't take Trey Flowers at 27, I'm going to just tell you, if he's there and we yeah. don't take him, I, I promise you, I'm a Chicago Bears fan at least for a week. Like, I'm going to just talk about Tremaine Edmonds and be a Bears fan for the week. We yeah. need a wide receiver. And as much as people want to say, uh, best player available, best player available, look, if there's, a, if there's a damn cornerback at 27 that's the best available – you better not draft no damn cornerback when you got Kyer Elam and, and Trey White. They're definitely you not. Better not. No, but that's my point. It's like you don't. If that's what's the best available, you yeah. better not. Well, I, it, it goes. It speaks to what we talked about earlier. Like the Bills are going to have to draft. We talked about it weeks ago. The Bills have been in this luxury position of we can take chances on project players and like draft Gregory Russo, who opted out of his senior year and only played one year as a defensive end. And it worked right. Gregory Rousseau is a is a talented, good player. Um, but the Bills have done that with Terrell Bernard. They've done that with a lot of guys. And I just don't know that they're going to have that luxury this year. This year. There's no such thing as BPA. There's no there is absolutely no there's BPA pertaining to how your board lines up matched with what your team needs are it's never uh we have a one through 300 list we scratch them off and whoever is the best guy left even if he's a quarterback we take him that does not happen in the nfl ever like nobody does that uh, they did that one year when they took that kid from georgia that i don't even think is in the league anymore what's his name uh the quarterback that we had uh, oh, and then he jake ended up going to the giants jake from jake from i still think like, they took him to keep him away from new england I wish he would have went to New England. Are you kidding me? Now, like, in hindsight, sure. Well, I didn't. I wasn't. I don't know if you re- recall when we did the show. I wasn't thrilled that we took him then. Yeah, I, I was very unhappy about it. Um, I, I remember. But so you let, know, let's talk. Let's talk free agency. So the, the the biggest one that I have here so far is obviously that you know Jordan Boyer. Uh, he's going to be returning to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, or do you want to talk about that first? Uh, let, let's touch on this real quick because I do think, to me personally, I think wide receiver is the biggest oh, yeah. need. Like, I mean, people, we could talk about, I know Tremaine's gone, so we need another linebacker. Beautiful. We could talk about whatever. 
I think wide receiver is the biggest need at this moment of the Buffalo Bills. Do you um, buy? Do you buy into the well? Gabe Davis was injured and never really fully recovered and couldn't get separation because of that. And do you buy it that line, or do you feel like the Bills buy it and they're going to be like, "We're good at wide receiver two, Gabe Davis." With all due respect to Bruce Nolan, uh, no, because Bruce is one of the main ones that I feel like I talk to on a daily basis that says. Gabe was injured, man. You could tell that ankle was injured, and he just be... – I love Gabe. I think Gabe is a very good wide receiver three. We need somebody directly behind Diggs. So mm-hmm. whether that is an OBJ, whether that is a, a, a Hopkins, I love – to me, Hopkins, I get it. He's he's turning 30 or he's 30, mm-hmm. and people think once you hit a certain age, it's like it's not the... – I see him up close and personal here in Phoenix for the last three years, and I'm going to tell you what. He's not the problem. Last year, he had 700 yards receiving. It's not because he couldn't play. Right. It's not because he didn't have separation. It's because the ball was nowhere. It's, you ain't even got to be necessarily accurate for Hopkins. Right. This dude, Kyler Murray, was so inaccurate. Like, <laughs> like it's not even like, like accuracy. You know, they, what do they call it? Like a, a catch radius, right? Yep, yep. Hopkins has an insane catch radius. Kyler Murray was so inaccurate that the insane catch radius of DeAndre Hopkins still wasn't good enough to make this offense look good. Mm. You put Josh Allen, you give him Diggs and Hopkins, and then right. you put Davis to stretch the field or do whatever you want to do with him. Right. I'm going to shut up. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about the, we're, we're talking about 50% drop rate, Gabriel Davis, which his ankle has nothing to do with uh, versus a guy who didn't drop a pass in one of the seasons that he played, what, four years ago? Was it four, like one of the second to last year he was with Houston? Uh, he didn't drop a pass. He had a 100% catch rate. It's like, how is that even possible? I remember reading that and being like, wait, is that a thing? You cannot drop a pass? Like, what? Um, they're going to have to do something. Go ahead. No, I'm, I was just saying, dude, like, I'm I'm with you. And it's like, you get Hopkins, His he's he's he will just – the things that so everything that Diggs did for Josh mm-hmm. is exactly what Hopkins would do for Josh. Yeah, for so sure. you have two of those guys on the team. I'm not. I'm not that upset about. First of all, um, when you talk about drop rate and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the way the NFL community looks at DeAndre Hopkins, there are guys who are all time greats who say, "Who got the best hands in the NFL?" Go look it up. I'm telling you, I don't believe Spence. <laughs> don't believe me. Go look it up. Go look at who people think have the best hands in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins is always on that list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. You give Josh Allen a weapon like that. Please yeah. do. I agree. What do you think? I, I, we, in a text message I, or a chat, I said I said to you, Adam Thielen, what your thoughts were, and you never responded. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ignore oh, you. Oh, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> it, there was a lot of conversation in that group chat, so it's fine. Okay. No, I, I like Thielen, um, but see, I like Thielen as – I like Thielen as an option that uh, kind of what we used Beasley for. Not mm. necessarily specifically like you got to be the slot guy, but he was like that third option where it's like when you know it's third down and we got to get a first down. I like Thielen for that. He's not going to get super separation anymore. He's not going to get you 150 yards a game. You know, like he's not going to have one of those games where he blows up and give you 150 yards, yep. but you can trust him. Yep. Give me, give, give me Thielen for that. So we're talking D-Hop, we're talking OBJ. Who else from a free agency or trade potential standpoint? I've been hearing stuff about um, Mike Evans, but again, money talk. Like I've been hearing about I've been hearing about Mike Evans a lot. A lot. 
you're, which is you're weird. Mike, Mike Evans solves two problems for the Bills: a, a separation deep threat and a, a giant possession receiver that you lost effectively in Isaiah Hodgins. Right? I've been hearing but, about it a lot. My my dad texted me that I want to see Mike Evans in a Bills uniform. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah. I've been hearing it a lot, but the thing is, I don't know if the Bills can afford it, and I don't know if the Bills, I don't, I don't know how true it is, but I've been hearing it from people who normally would be in the know, and that's weird to me because it's like just that he's available, really? not that he's available to the Bills, or the Bills are talking about it, right? No, I, well, I've heard that he's available, but I've been hearing that no, it's a realistic thing that you can look for the Bills to kind of, you know, like they're they've been inquiring, or I don't know how true it is. I haven't talked to the Bills personally, but <laughs> I would love. Like really, I would take Evans before Hopkins, and I think I think at this moment I like Hopkins better personally. Yeah. Yeah. But you give me Mike, give me Mike Evans. Yeah, I talked to the Bills today because they uh, they charged my my season ticket. <laughs> That's that communication. <laughs> I was like, uh, bro, I don't know what's going on, but I deleted that card from my account. Or, like, <laughs> and I have a different card in there. Why? So yeah, he did like my accountant customer service guy rearranged everything. But um, that's interesting. Is anybody else? So Evans, OBJ, uh, D. Yeah. I'm on the D Hop train more than the OBJ train. I'm on the Evans train probably more than the other two train. Um, it all comes down to money. Who else? I, I so agree with all, I agree with the exact order you did. But can I just speak about my displeasure with the Buffalo Bills for a moment uh, on a separate note? Because we're talking about offensive weapons. Okay, we, we're going to talk about that. The Bronco Jerry Judy for those listening by Barry, uh, by podcast. Um, the Broncos want at least a first. No, <laughs> no, I don't think Jerry. I don't think Jerry Judy's worth a first to me. At twenty seven. When the board's setting up and all the guys that you mentioned are gone, you're telling me that the board's setting up and it's not, it, it doesn't turn into a, and we have a trade. The Buffalo Bills are sending the 27th pick to the Denver Broncos for Jerry Judy. If I'm going to spend a first round pick and I'm talking to the Denver Broncos, I want Cortland Sutton. Yes. I mean, Court, Cortland Sutton is a, 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 what, a measure off of Mike Evans, right? I mean, he's ginormous. Right. Great hand. So I, I don't think I don't think Judy is worth a first rounder. That's just me. I think I Judy, love Judy. Judy with Josh Allen opposite Stephon Diggs, like a real quarterback and a real. I did not just not. I, Russell Wilson is a real quarterback. I'm not saying he's not. Whatever happened last year was a disaster. So but a first round pick, Joe. Twenty seven. I don't. It's. I guess that's where you value picks, right? So what's the difference between thirty two and thirty three, other than first round, second round? And I, I twenty seven just isn't that far off, and I think it depends on what the board looks like. Do you take a Do you take a guy because you have to? We gotta draft a guy at twenty seven. Okay. Well, let me need? ask you this. So let's let's say let let's say um, Zay Flowers is available at twenty seven. You want Zay Flowers or Jerry Judy? Uh, I mean, it's I, I the hard, but it's it's tough, dude. I mean, it's the draft is such again personal bias and i've said this a thousand times if you've heard my voice and you've heard me talk about this crap the draft is a crapshoot one thousand percent they were talking about it on the radio the other day the 27 or 2018 quarterbacks like baker mayfield is on his fourth team Bum. <laughs> right sam darnold is on his third team or fourth team uh, uh what, what's the other one uh josh rosen has been on like seven teams six or seven teams mm -hmm. and lamar being an xfl Right, and Lamar is about to go to his second team. The only player 
that amount quarterback that amount Kyle Rudolph. Does anybody even talk about that guy anymore? I mean, if you remember, that was a dude that was in the conversation for first round picks. Kyle Rudolph, not Kyle Rudolph. Who's the other Rudolph for the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Go ahead. I'm trying to remember his name, but it, the chat will say it's whatever. It might be Kyle, but whatever the Rudolph kid was. My point is this: Josh Allen, who wildly was other than Mel Kiper, people thought were like the Bills are crazy for taking that guy is the only guy that panned out. So the, on Flowers, it's such a – if I can trade my number 20 – it's the Stefan Diggs conversation. And the funny part about it is it's the told-you-so moment. Like the Bills trade their first-round draft pick for Stefan Diggs, and who do the Vikings take? Justin Jefferson. All-world, like legendary – like he's, he's going to be a, a generational talent. But there's only one Justin Jefferson. It just happened to be that pick that they got him, Right. Justin Jefferson is better than all the guys we're talking. I think he's better than Mike Evans. I think he's better potentially at the end of his career than OBJ. Just generally speaking for me, if I'm picking top 10. Rudolph. That's what everybody's saying in the comments. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Yeah, I said Rudolph. Yeah, it's Mason Rudolph. If I'm picking top 10, I'm not moving out of that spot and trading that pick necessarily for a player. If I'm picking 27, 28, 29, 30, I'm going to get a proven talent. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy versus – they dart, a dart throw you say that but uh, we drafted freaking mike williams fourth overall expecting him to be the greatest right tackle in nfl or in bill's history and he was a giant bust uh, okay I- i'm taking Zay flowers but i hear you but what i was going to say before this conversation kind of went that way can i just speak a little bit about my displeasure about how uh the new york giants got darren waller for basically like a bag of chips and yeah. some hair spritz the like, problem, are you kidding me? The problem that I have with this whole effing conversation about Darren Waller and it like literally of all the places to go. Eli Manning had Evan Ingram. And if you played fantasy football, Evan Ingram, when Eli Manning was the quarterback, he ate, he ate. was the bee's knees for I'm going to do the dad word, the bee's knees. Like Evan Ingram was the freaking man. He was 30 points a week. Like it was crazy. And as soon as they put in Daniel Jones, the dude never looked at a tight end ever. And they're like, we don't need Evan Ingram. They moved on from him. And then they go get Darren Waller. Darren Waller is going to vanish into oblivion because Daniel Jones is not going to throw him the football. Like that to me. And they got him for a third round pick. They tra- They basically got, they traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. How does that happen? And why is Darren Waller not a Buffalo Bill right now? That's the part that ticks me off. Like, like okay, again, we love Brandon Bean, right? He hit on Josh Allen. There's other players that he hit on. We love him. He does his magic, right? But why is there certain moves that are made when you know we have needs? Like, you, we always hear, well, we do our due diligence. We call around on every player that, that's worth calling around on. Like, you hear this time and time again, but yet the Giants get Darren Waller for, what is it? What was it, a third or fourth? Third round, third round pick. It was the, it was the pick that they, that they got from the Chiefs for Kadir. Okay. Literally, so, they traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. So, uh, third round picks, right? We have third round picks that Zach Zach Moss is on the Colts. We have third round picks that um, we have second round picks. Cody Ford is currently on the Cardinals. We have like it, it, you don't trade a third round pick. You don't. And then it's not even like those aren't our guys. Joe Shane and 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 and. Like those are our guys. Yeah, you got a not, relationship with those dudes. But they're not calling us and saying, "Hey, <laughs> the Raiders are offering us no, Darren Waller." <laughs> no, but I get. But what I'm saying is, it's like you, 
I'm sure. I'm just saying there's a little bit more intel with relationship than with that. Yeah. Mafia cast said it's pick number 100. It's a high third round pick. That's absolutely true. But yo, give me. I, and and Sarah, you wouldn't trade a second for Waller. And right. And Sarah said. Sarah in the chat said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was before Brian Dable. Well, first of all, Brian Dable didn't exactly force Josh Allen to throw to a tight end when he was in Buffalo. Second of all, I don't know if the offensive coordinator is going to make a quarterback look for the tight end. And it it got me to – the Darren Waller trade got me to thinking, and I'm going to throw this into the ether, and one of the better content creators than I am, Bruce Nolan, Greg Thompson, one of these guys, maybe you, whatever, can do research. That the The – the quarterbacks that stand out and are the best quarterbacks in the league either have an amazing tight end. When you look at Super Bowl winners over the last 20 years, they always either have a, an amazing tight end or they're a quarterback that utilizes the tight end amazingly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do Work backwards. Gronkowski, like d- Travis Kelsey, uh, I, Gronkowski with the with the Bucks. Like when you work it backwards, it's always about the tight end. Like the quarterback, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. As much as he's never had a, an amazing tight end, how many tight ends has Aaron Rodgers for at least one season made great? Like a few, that, right? <laughs> and then they go someplace else and they're trash. Why? Because he utilizes the tight end. Darren Waller is going to go to New York and he's going to vanish, in my opinion. And yes, you you trade a second round pick. We'll give you what would that be? Not it'd be fifty four. We'll give you fifty four, right? Is that what he would be? No, not fifty four. He would be fifty Man, something, fifty something. But yeah, I would give. <laughs> I I don't even know what I would give up for a, a talent like Darren Waller. And I saw somebody in the comments. My man Roy Collins said Waller had two good years. Okay, tell me how many good years, full good years that that Dawson Knox has had. It's not even Dawson Knox. It's, I mean, I did a show. No. With, I don't remember what content creator. We 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 basically listed the best 10 or 15 tight ends in Bill's history. And this was two years ago. And Dawson Knox's second or third year. And we're like, by Dawson Knox's fifth year, he could be the best wide or tight end in Bill's history because the Bills have never had a great tight end. They've just never. I mean, Pete Metzlars was a nice player, but he wasn't a great tight end. Jay's, not Jay, if he had the season he had last year. <laughs> I'm just saying Jay Reimersman was a nice guy, but he wasn't a, an amazing tight end. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I mean, th- but that comes back to the growth coming full circle with Ken Dorsey. We've got to see why the hell we paid Dawson Knox $14 million a year, right? Utilize yeah. that kid, get him open, put him in the scheme, like make Josh Allen see the tight end. Yeah, sorry. No, I was super critical of Dawson early in the season because we, we weren't. And I get it. Everybody always reminds me his brother passed away. So mentally, he wasn't there. Listen, I'm I'm very uh, sensitive to that. But you're also playing the game mm-hmm. like you're playing the game. When when you look back five years from now, and you look at the stats for this season. You're not going to say, oh, yeah, well, that was the year that Dawson. Not, like that. that's not how history is looked upon. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is if he's not ready to play. Don't play him. It's okay for him to take time away from the game. We've seen it happen now. Now is the day that mental health and, and emotional well-being is, is actually valued more than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Take time away. Go and, go and heal. Go and take the time you need. I, I, so that's not what I'm saying. But if you're on that field and you're out on there to play, catch passes from Josh Allen and block, I need you to catch some balls, man. Pause. Block. Like, I need you to do that. <laughs> and block. And block. <laughs> 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We haven't talked a lot, whole lot about free agency. I mean, I guess we kind of have it around about way. I'm curious to know how much you can give us, if anything at all, about Jordan's state of mind right now, uh, knowing that he's coming back to Buffalo. Uh, he he was – I can tell you, A, he's happy. I know um, a lot of people feel like because of the comments where it was about, um, like, the taxes and all that other stuff. Listen, Jordan wanted to be in Buffalo from the beginning. He said, I want to retire a bill. But I can tell you the thing that he's most excited about. Actually, you know, I'll, I'll actually read the, the text verbatim. And if he's mad at me, I love, I, I'm sorry, Jordan. I love you. But he said, he said, no, nah, fam, I got to run it back with 23. Oh, yeah, dude. So so the thing is for him, the thing that's most important and the thing he loved these these guys love each other. These yeah. are their teammates. And and Micah didn't get to play much last year because of the neck injury. And um, look, Jordan and Micah, they're a unit. Yeah. They're a unit. And and Jordan is excited to be back. Um, he's happy that that he's in Buffalo. And um, look. You already know I, I, if everybody, if anybody in here follows me on Twitter, I think everybody knows how I feel about him resigning shirt. back to the Bills. The shirt um, <laughs> look, put the word out. Tell everybody we back up. Okay. Tell everybody we back up. Because that's only, how I feel. I only ask that question because we all know how this fan base can turn on a player. And Jordan said some things, right? Not not necessarily anything about the fan base, not anything about the organization, but he said some things. And I want Bills Mafia to know that he wants to be here. Right. Yeah. And I and I knew that. I knew that before I asked you the question that he was going to be elated and excited to be here and excited to be back with Micah and excited to be back with this team and Josh. They're friends, right? Um, they're not I mean, Micah and Josh are friends. I promise you, as you probably already know this. Jordan and Josh are friends too. And yeah. he wants to be on this team. And I'm sure that he loves coach, right? I'm sure he loves McDermott. All the players do. So that's exciting. When, um, when I had him on the pod, when when Jordan came on the code of conduct and we talked he said then, like, it's just frustrating because, like, I want to be here. I want to retire here. I want to retire a bill. But uh, certain conversations were like this. You can go back and watch the pod and see it. This is I don't even have to give any insight. He said it. He said, I want to be here. But they didn't they didn't have certain conversations with me that I feel like they should have had. And they you know, and it's just like so now it's like you don't extend me when I come to you in the preseason. I come to you in the offseason and I want to be extended and you don't have that conversation with me. So he felt I mean, how would you feel if, if you go you, you outperform your your job, you, you go to work and they're paying you a certain amount and you're doing everything you can to improve your department and 
when it's time for raises, they don't even give you a raise. Like they just don't even give your butt to Kansas City and back, right? You know, drive to Kansas City. He played with a partially torn UCL all season. He played with a partially torn um, MCL all season in his knee. So it's like all of those injuries, all of this stuff that he went through. He drove to Kansas City. He, you would think that Brandon Bean would say, you know what? Let me sit down with Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, he wanted to be here. So I know there's people that think that because of certain things that he tweeted out or because of his wife or whatever, listen, they're happy to be in Buffalo. It's where they wanted to be. Yeah. Their feelings were probably a little tarnished, like a little bit rubbed sure. the wrong way. And, you know, but I'm telling you, I'm happy he's home. They're happy to be home. He called it home. He, the, the first text this morning I got was, Brody, I'm coming home. Like, right. I wish I could share screenshots. Right. It, it, Brody, like, Brody, I'm coming home with, like, crying emojis. Like, nice. this is this is what it was. So I don't want people to think that he's not excited to be home. Jordan Jordan loves Buffalo. He wants to retire a Buffalo Bill. That's what I want to hear. And I, I, I think that uh, that's what it, that's what it's going to take, in my opinion, for Bill's Mafia. Not that it would take much. I mean, I, I was thinking today, when I, saw, when I saw it come across the television, the first thing I thought was, like, the first time he comes out of the tunnel. You know, at safety you know number 21 jordan boyer and just the crowd kind of going nuts for him i think it's going to be yeah when they when they when the next time that they're, they're at home and they announce hyde and poyer with bo- what both of them have gone through um i expect it to be quasi magical uh what do you see what what is in your purview as far as uh next moves free agent signings for the bills i mean the bills you know if you go down the list of Important free agents that the Bills have. Roger Saffold gone. That did not did not amount to what we thought it was going to be. Jordan Phillips. Mm-hmm. I expect to be back. Do you expect to be Jordan Phillips to be back? I do. I expect yeah. him to be back. And, and to be honest with you, I expect Motor to be back. Really? Wow. Uh, Jamison Crowder. I don't expect Crowder to be back. No. No. David Quesenberry. No. No. Taiwan Jones. The Bills have already kind of made some moves as it pertains to uh, special teams. I um I think there's a possibility, mm-hmm. but um I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back just based on um you know his age and and just I think they're going to try to get younger at all of these positions. Yeah. Um, but it's no, funny. I, either way, I think he could be back. But but I definitely think they're gonna. It's funny that you say that. Roger Saffold, thirty four. Jordan Phillips, thirty. Crowder's twenty nine. Quesenberry, thirty two. Taiwan Jones, thirty four. The next one's I didn't even realize this. Greg Van Roten is thirty three years old. Like. Mm-hmm. He did not, and I know that he had never played center in the NFL before. When the Bills decided we're going to make you a center, <laughs> and, the, and the Bills lost the Miami Dolphins game because of it, um, it's just hard to believe that like he was thirty three. I thought he was a young kid that they're got a, you know two years out of college that they're like, well, we need a center, play center. Uh, Shaq Lawson. I hope so. Me too. I don't know. I hope so. Me too. Uh, Jay Kumaro, <laughs> our third, no, our third number three boundary receiver. Yeah, I think Jake is gone. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> I think he's gone, though. Dean Marlowe. I think they got to bring Dean back. Yeah. I think they do. I think Dean comes back. Bobby Hart's probably gone. AJ Klein, 31. I think he's back. You, you know why? Because he's a lunch pail guy. He's a, yeah. he's a practice player. And we all know how Sean McDermott loves guys that show up to practice. Uh, I don't know who Justin Murray is. He's a tackle. Devin Singletary is on here. So you think Devin's going to be back? Break that down for me real quick. Devin coming back. Well, I think when you look at the running back market and the way it's turning out, like Jamal Williams was somebody who was linked to the Bills. Um, he's already signed. He's gone. Was it two um, and a half, three and a half, three and a half a year, 3.3 something? Three years uh, for 12. 12, four. And I think, yeah. So I, th- I, th- I think when you look at what Devin, what, at, kind of 
a similar situation to what happened with Jordan. So Jordan went out, tested the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he probably didn't get the numbers that he was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I think same thing with Devin. It's like, okay, I'm a free agent now. I think I deserve what I deserve. But A, the numbers that are being rewarded to these running backs, they're not what you would expect. And then on top of that, he didn't perform the way those other guys did. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of expect him to be back. I think even if he, um, I think he makes a team, but I'm saying like, even if he's not the same role, mm-hmm. you know, like he's, he might not be the RB one and then have cook as two. I think cook cook has earned now, like the look like, Hey, you're going to use cook. Are you excited? I am too. I love cook. I love cook. Yeah. What's messing up the whole running back carousel for free agency is Austin Eckler requesting a trade Zeke is officially released by the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. with a June 1 designation. Um, who else is out there? Like, Well, I mean, Saquon got the tag, right? So that yep. he doesn't really necessarily count, but there's just a lot of weird movement. Derrick Henry is available. Derrick Henry, right, well, it's reportedly, right, that they're listening to trade. Who knows if he really is or not, but it's, it's, it's funny because some of these other guys are squashing that market, um, which is interesting. And I wasn't big. Were you big on the Jamal Williams train? Did you want him? No, well, personally, I thought he was going to make more money. If I knew we could get him for three at 12, then, yeah, I would have wanted him. But um, just me, personally, I think Devin Singletary was better than what a lot of people want to give him credit for. I agree. I know we talk about his fumbles. He had three fumbles last year. Guess what? Jamal Williams had three fumbles last year. You know, it's, he, he's not like we, – we, I get it. It happens in a big moment, so we get upset. Yep, but, yep. you know, he's not, he's not a turnover machine. I think he runs bigger than he is so for me you look at jamal williams and look at these other guys i'm like look you know singletary isn't going to be expensive we can we can get him back on a cheap deal get him back and 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 i'm not saying don't still look in the draft like look in the draft third or fourth round for a running back right you know if but at the same time let's not beat singletary up as if he didn't give us especially this last year i think this last year he proved that he deserves to be on an nfl roster and i, I would love it if he was still in buffalo it's funny because joey hatch just said that uh singletary is not even close to jamal williams uh what's funny about that statement is uh-huh. it has been reported here the last couple of days that his yards per carry actually are better like or whatever like there's some me- metrics and measurements that he's better like jamal williams is way down the list he had a bunch of touchdowns that was about it is yards per carry um if you if you watch the way they run Jamal Williams is a good back. Yeah, Please hear me. I'm not. I'm not saying anything yeah. negative about him. Devin Singletary is not a bad back, and I think a lot of times we in Buffalo we give these guys bad reps, and we like to look mm. at them in negative lights because they don't produce the way we want them to as fans. But I think the league and I think the team and the front office looks at them a lot differently than we do as fans. And I think Devin Singletary has a as a really good shot at being back in Buffalo. I love the idea of a one-two punch with Cook as number one. Right, mm-hmm. it's the Cook and Singletary one-two punch with Cook is number one. I love, I love that. I, I like from a change of pace standpoint. Um, they're very wildly different players, much different builds and makeups. The shiftiness is similar, right? Um, but I love, I just love that idea. So instead of Singletary Cook one-two, Cook Singletary one-two. I do like that idea. So Watcher says Singletary is a yards per carry guy, and I know we got to get out of here, but single he says Singletary is a yards per carry guy, which is nice, but that's not a problem. We need a TD production. Twenty TDs in four years is below average. I would challenge that by saying our offense mm. doesn't allow for him to be that. Mm. When you're in the red zone, um, Josh Allen for before last season, Josh Allen was our red zone touchdown guy. Yep. 
And then last season, we even went away from Josh Allen in the red zone and we started to try to do things. And that's why the increased production of like he had increased number of turnovers in the red zone. Like, so I agree with what you're saying based on what we've seen, but I don't think it's because Devin Singletary can't be that guy. I think it's because we haven't used him in that way. So mm-hmm. that's that goes back to the growth that, that Joe and I were talking about earlier that we need to see out of our offensive coordinator. Yeah, the worst thing the Bills did last year, uh, if there's a worst thing, this is the worst thing, was not inside of seven yards, eight yards running Josh Allen. That yeah. was the that was the that was the biggest thing that put defenses on their heels. Are they gonna run him? Because it opened everybody up. And then they were like, Yeah, we're not gonna run Josh Allen anymore. And by week 10, everybody's like, he's not running. So like you don't have to worry about that anymore. But yeah. This was fun. This is a good show. Like it, it didn't necessarily go the way that I think that I was thinking. I thought we were going to talk all prospects and free agency and stuff like that, but this was much better. So this was a, this was a cathartic for me. So thank you for the invitation. Well, we got to do another one around the draft. <laughs> I know you're, I get it. You're on vacation, but we got to Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to get, I'm just trying to get refilled back up. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, and you and I talk about the future all the time. Like you and I can't not constantly, but we, we have over the years that we've been very close talked about just what does the future hold and what's next and what do we want to do and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to figure out what 2023 is going to hold for me. Um, just because I did a lot last year and it's funny. Cause I did, I think I did more the year before and I was like, I'll be good this year. Cause like, I didn't do as much and uh, it turned into like, no, but I don't know if it was that or if it was a, just a situation of the season itself, the way that it ended, just like whatever I had left in the tank, just like squashed me. So I'm excited to kind of do this show. I was excited to do this and then kind of get free agency going and kind of get, you know, some of that adrenaline back in me and some of that serotonin back in me. Um, you never want to be in a situation to extend this even longer where you just have <laughs> nothing left to say. And I, there was aspects when this season ended, I just felt like I got nothing left to say. Like, I don't know what else there is to say at this point. Like, I, th- I feel like I've said it all. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Absolutely. There's moments where I'm like, should I just like be behind the scenes and like stop the pod? Like, honestly, I have those conversations all the time. Um, but, you know, I get it. Sometimes I think the, the season, especially when we, when you don't win the last game of the year. Right. I think you're just I think it, it just comes out to where you're like. You're just tired, man. And yeah. sometimes you need to recharge and uh, keep 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 doing your vacation thing. You know, I'm just going to pull you away every once in a while to, to come back. But no, recharge, do your thing. I, I can't wait for the, the off tackle with John Fina show. I can't wait for the overreaction show. I can't wait to do hump day hot nine next year. I can't wait for anything you choose to do, man. Um, the overreaction network that you got that that we have we that we're gonna go on yeah I, I corrected myself i corrected myself so <laughs> there's a there's a lot of things that that um you know you can't be out of things to say so yeah i'm looking forward to what what the future holds yeah i think i think i was just bitter at the way the season ended. That i get Bengals, it get that Bengals game man come on like that Bengals game. i get it steph I, we're right there with you bro steph we are yeah. like this was not 100 percent. i just <laughs> want him to stop tweeting like <laughs> Like, I, I love him, and I'm with him a trillion percent. And not even stop tweeting. Like, do what you do. You're a grown man. But, I mean, like, like stop. Like, because it, it just creates so much talk that doesn't need to happen. And it's like, yeah, come on, yeah. man. That's funny that somebody national reached out to you to ask if Steph Dude. was trying to get out of Buffalo. That's I'm going to send you the screenshot. I'm going to send you the screenshot. He cannot leave. The Bills cannot move him. Like, no. <laughs> Like the dead cap space and all that crap. Like he cannot go anywhere. And now it's worse now that he took that restructure. But anyways, so am I good to get us out of here? Yeah, do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Humpty Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. 
My name is Joe Miller. That over there is Jay Spencer King. Please do us a favor before you log off and before we log off, hit the like button, hump that like button, as we like to say. It gets our metrics up. Tell a friend about Buffalo Rumblings. And all, Jay Spence, tell us about, there's a lot of new shows. It's always funny to me because I usually take a break, a little break in the <laughs> off season. And then I come back and I'm like, what are all these shows? Like, so tell us what's going on on the Buffalo Rumblings roster before we get out of here. Well, you know what? Tomorrow is the first week that the Mafia cast is going to be live Thursday night. YouTube, Who's just the Mafia like the cast? The Mafia cast, we have a good team of guys. It's listen, they already have they already have their show has been going on for years. Okay. Or I don't know for years. I don't know how long. But you've actually been on the show. So I don't know oh, what no. you're saying. Who's the mafia? <laughs> Dude, the amount of Ronnie, you know Ronnie. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so so um they're joining the vidcast team, so they'll be on YouTube and everything like that. And um they, they start tomorrow, I believe 7 30. Please don't quote me. It's either seven or seven thirty on YouTube. Um and who else do we have new? We have Fernando. We have a, a pretty good following um, in Brazil. So our Portuguese cool. following, um, he's been doing his thing. Really good content. This this week he had um, Bruce Nolan on as a guest and they had a really good show. So, you know, we got some things coming up and, and I'm, I'm really trying to for the season. I'm really trying to kind of change the way we we bring you content just to, to make sure that we're bringing content to people in different ways. So that way. You know, if you like to if you like to search for it in different places is there for you and you don't have to only come to the places that we are. So, um, you know, we're trying to come to you in that way. So, no, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Man. And um, the, the writing is doing Sterling is killing with the writing. I don't know if you've been Sarah, checking that out. And Sterling Sarah, and Sarah's crushing the marketing stuff like the, the first of all. Can I tell you how Sarah and and um and and Jerry yes they, for the season? So when the season starts, Jerry from Monday Night Football is going to start primetime rumblings, and for Thursday, Sarah is going to have primetime rumblings. Nice. So we're going to have two primetime shows that come out as pod only, and um they're going to get you ready as Bills fans. I get it. We don't listen to everybody because we listen to Buffalo Rumblings, right? So they're going to get you ready for the game, and they're going to let you know who's playing, if you're going to place any bets, who's injured, so you know who not to bet on, and all that Love good it. stuff who to take out of your fantasy team and all that stuff. Jerry Ostrowski, Sarah Larson, they're going to kill it. And Sarah's been, just, when, you're right. Sarah's been Crushing. killing it, dude. Crushing. She's a huge asset to Buffalo Rumblings, and I'm excited to have her um, in a more prominent role going into the next season, man. It's, 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 it's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. For me, for Jay Spencer King and all of Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills. Go Bills. Talk to you soon. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.